Hello and welcome to our first episode of our podcast, Meet the Student Digital Champion Team. My name is Kate and I'm here with my colleague Manny and our special guests, Michael and Holly. This is a podcast series by Student Digital Champions at Queen's, where we discuss the importance of digital skills and expertise for educational and employability purposes. We are very happy to have you with us for the next 30 minutes and we hope that today's discussion with our team will be helpful for you. Holly, Michael, we are very grateful to have you with us today. Would you like to start off by telling our listeners a little about yourselves and the SDCs, as well as what's your role as a student digital champion? Hello, my name is Holly and I'm a third year undergraduate law student here at Queen's. I am the social media ambassador for the student digital champion team, which means that I create and manage all of our social media platforms uh, across LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. I also do the, uh, the graphic design for the team. So my role involves a lot of creating uh, posts and captions and things like that. Hi, my name is Michael. I am a second year undergraduate student in Queen's studying international business with Spanish. And my role as an SDC is general role helping out with all the projects we do. So workshops, inductions and other digital upskilling events. So I just like to ask you to describe what your digital experience was like at Queen's before you started work as a student digital champion. Um, I would say it was both good and bad in First year, I adjusted well to like using new platforms like Canvas and things like that, um, which was a real learning curve because I'd never used anything like that before. Obviously, or I came to uni straight out of school, so I'd never really used online platforms like that. Um, and it was going well until about halfway through my first year when COVID hit and my university experience moved entirely online. And I would say that the initial period of online work was quite difficult because staff and students were still adjusting to new ways of learning and teaching, which made things a little bit rocky at times. But uh, during that time, I tended to focus more on independent learning um, and just practicing for my exams and things like that. Um, And while my second year was still online, uh, my learning experience was much, much smoother because staff had had time to adjust to the new ways of teaching and things like that. I'm sure we can all agree that during COVID, especially at the start, digital learning was just a bit of a mess. It was really patchy. Some lecturers already had previous digital experience and some didn't. So I did really feel for the lecturers, especially at the start of second year when they were trying to adjust to doing live lectures or some were doing recorded lectures. Some were on Microsoft Stream, some were in different places. It was very hard to get like uh, approach that was used everywhere and that everyone felt comfortable with but I think Queen's obviously provided more training to staff and students so that everyone felt more comfortable using online learning and obviously then towards the end of my second year as well it was a much smoother experience and I think it also had positives like I'm sure most people would feel that it worked well for them and a lot of people really really liked online learning towards the end. So Michael what was your digital experience like at Queen's as well I'm sure uh, quite similar. Yeah like luckily enough last year for the most part anyway I was kind of able to avoid like the whole Covid stuff like I think there was just two weeks where I had to only do online lectures Um, so like I was definitely lucky in that regard but like as far as like the development um, definitely like I can spot spot out so much now 
um, that I just wasn't utilizing enough. Like there's so many functions on Canvas that I use every single day now that I hadn't a clue of in first year. Like I was not using it right at all. Um, and like all throughout the whole like digital package we're given at Queen's, there's so much that every day I kind of find. But I think that's kind of the best thing about our jobs as SDCs because whenever I do find those, we kind of like bring it to the light of the rest of the student body, which is like, I guess, our main role. Um, so it's really nice, like being able to share all that and like, as I grow, help other people to grow in the same way and like vice versa, learning from other people. Um, so I think that's like the best part about it. Yeah, 100%. That's so, so true. Like, even for me, I've been at Queen's, like, this is my fourth year now and there's still things that I didn't know were available to us or tools I didn't know you could take advantage of and I think the part that you said about us now being able to share it with people is so so true like there's so many things that I didn't know about until my friends told me or now we can see them shared on our social medias or through workshops through online videos there's just so many ways that we can help students to improve their own digital experience yeah I think everybody had quite different experience like, you know, for me, I have a practical course and I was expecting that when I come here, I was given such a huge packet of, package of digital tools, as Michael said, I was expecting to be fully online. But since I had a practical course, I was online only for a couple of weeks and then everything moved back to normal for me and I didn't experience any online vibes, if it's correct to say so. But anyway, talking about expectations, guys, what were your expectations before joining the Student Digital Champions team? What did you expect the work to be like and how did that differ from the actual work? I think for me, I expected my role to involve um, things like graphic design, creating social media posts and then managing our content across platforms. Um, so things like scheduling and, and manually posting content. And while my job does involve all of that, all of those things. My actual role has been a lot more broad and diverse than that. I've been able to start collaborating with some of the other SDCs on an assessment and feedback toolkit that we've been working on and I've collaborated as well on some other projects so it's definitely been a lot more diverse than just the social media aspect of things which I've really enjoyed. Well I'm quite happy that you really enjoyed it and that sounds exciting to be in charge of so social media because I think it's such a responsible thing because your work is seen by thousands but at the same time it's such a nice thing to do and then you're very proud of yourself that you did that post and it reached this many likes and comments and shares. I think that's brilliant. And what about you Michael? So what can you tell about your expectations and reality story? Um, yeah, like, to be honest, at the very beginning, I hadn't a notion what I was on about, like, I kind of thought the job was something to do with, like, tech advice, I didn't really know. And then I kind of looked back on what the SDCs last year had done um, on the socials, and like, kind of learned a bit more. And then like, every day, I kind of learn a bit more like what we're doing, because it's something different every day, really. Like one day I'll be sitting making a video and like learning how to edit it and edit in voice and stuff like that. And then the next day I'll be like presenting an induction to first years. And then the next day I'll be like writing up a piece on that assessment toolkit. Like it's really different every single day. But like that is my favorite part about this job because you never get bored because you're never really doing the same thing. Um, and it's so interesting learning all these new skills every single day. Like it's really exciting. 
Yeah, surely everybody can relate it to them because I thought the same about it, about the job before starting it, but then it turned out to be completely different and much more interesting than I expected. Yeah, I completely agree with both of you. Like before I started the job, I assumed that it would be more tech support, sort of technologically focused. And that wasn't, I didn't think that was something that I could be good at, but I just applied anyway. And then through like, the interview the training process and looking back on what the SDCs had done beforehand it really helped me to see more about what the role really was and just as Michael said how varied it can be like there's so many different things that I have already done that I'm working on through so many different platforms like presenting in person making online videos making written guides recording the podcast all sorts of things like it really teaches you so many different skills and I feel like we're able to help students and lecturers alike in so many different ways. So Holly, how did you find the training? Like what did you expect? What was the most useful skill that you developed or what skill did you develop that you never heard of before or never tried? Yeah, so I really enjoyed the training. It was very different to training that I'd ever done previously because it was on LinkedIn Learning primarily, which is a platform that I'd never used before, but I really do recommend it to anyone who's listening. If you ever get the chance to use it, it's a, it's a brilliant service because you can. There's so many courses on so many different kinds of things, um, and it's definitely a very different way of training. But I really preferred it as it was entirely flexible, whereas previously, you know, I'd maybe been on a Zoom call or I'd had in-person training, but this way I was able to fit it around my schedule, which was really beneficial. Um, I think the most useful skill I developed during the training was probably a better working knowledge of the Office 365 platforms like Excel. So I'd used all of them previously, but I learned some new things about each of them that I hadn't realized existed before. And I also had the chance to to learn about new software that I'd never even heard of before, like Camtasia and Zencaster. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I think the way we were able to train on our own time was like really beneficial because it meant you got the most out of it. Um, and then like the quizzes at the end of the LinkedIn learning um, lessons really helped to like make sure you've understood that um, information completely. And then when you're doing kind of longer courses, like a Camtasia training course um, that was like two or three hours long, but it gave you a really in-depth um training on how to use that software which I'd never used before I thought that was like really handy and like knowing that now is something that I'll carry on probably forever and like I'll only continue to get better at it but it was really nice being able to do it bit by bit as the training went on rather than just having it all thrown at me at once I also find it useful that on LinkedIn learning at the side of those sort of longer videos they have them separated into like sections so say when I was going back and trying to make a Gantt chart I knew that out of the hour and a half or two hour video I could just skip to the specific ones that said creating the Gantt chart editing the Gantt chart like that was really useful because you didn't have to go back and re-watch the whole video you knew that you could just go back to any video you'd watched before and sort of give yourself a refresher so that you knew how to do it again. Uh, yeah exactly and the kind of click along templates they do as well so that like with the excel package i know is one of them where you kind of do the work alongside the training video i thought that was a really helpful way to kind of actively learn rather than just sitting back and watching it being done 
Um, continuing the topic of employability, just wanted to ask about how do you think having this job will affect your future employability? Um, I think it'll be really great experience to have, even through the training. Um, I'm currently looking for placement for next year. And I think the training that we underwent on LinkedIn Learning on things like Camtasia and Canva and the Office 365 package, um, it kind of gives you that boost that a lot of students um, coming out of university wouldn't have actual certifications in. Um, so that aside, all the experience that we've gotten through this job, I think is amazing for the CV and like for actual um, jobs in like any field after university, this is like really great experience. So hi, obviously you're the member of the SDCs that's over most of our social media and I'd just like to ask you a social media specific question, just what was your experience or what has your experience been like working on the social media team? What sort of things do you do? How have you found it? Yeah, it's been it's been really great so far. So some of the main things that I do is I think of digital tools that are useful for students that I want to highlight on our social media platforms. And I'll I'll research into those and I'll see exactly how they'd be useful for students or what elements of the platform are useful. And then I'll create a social media post, whether that be a carousel or a video or an Instagram story on those um, digital tools or those resources and I'll post that across across our channels. Um, it's been really great working on the social media so far. One of our priorities this year is to reach more students through our platforms. So I've also been working on that. Um, but yeah, it's mostly the highlighting um, digital tools and resources to students content. Uh, it's been a really good experience and I'm looking forward to creating more content over the rest of the academic year. Yeah, obviously social media is such an important part of our SDC as most students use social media these days that's how they're going to find out about most things so we're really looking to improve on that and reach out to as many students as we can. I'm also quite curious if there was one specific social media post that was quite challenging for you do you want to share about it? So I think probably one of the most difficult ones to create was I don't have exp any experience in creating videos before this. So learning how to create videos on Canva, but also using platforms like Adobe Premiere Pro to create videos and to cut footage for the background of videos has been quite difficult. So I think some of the more recent content that I've used that has moving video in the background, that's been the most difficult thing, but it's it's been it's been a really great opportunity for me to learn a new skill. So I've, I've actually really enjoyed it, even though it's been the most challenging posts, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was challenging. And I'm also pretty sure that everybody else appreciated it when they saw it on the social media because that looked fantastic. And um, I have one question for Michael here. So Michael, what is one piece of advice that you would give to students or is there any specific tool that you would like to recommend to students who are listening to our podcasts at the moment? Um, one thing that I would definitely recommend to anyone is making good use out of your Outlook calendar. I like don't go a day without looking at mine. I would know what to do if I didn't have it. Um, I think it's really useful like having different calendars and you can color coordinate them. Um, so like I've got one for university, one for work, uh, one for clubs and societies and then one for my personal life. And it just helps me stay organized. And I think I'd forget what I was doing half the time if I didn't have it there. So it's really useful skill to get into the habit of um, keeping everything up to date on that. 
Yeah, that sounds like a really good piece of advice. And also, I think I can relate it to myself so much because I do the same and color code them. And I think it's really helpful, especially if you have a busy uni day and also you want to have your own personal life and just not get mixed up between these two. I think as well as the Google Calendar, like I find the Canvas Calendar really useful uh, just because even if you forget about something, a lot of the time the module coordinators will have put the assignment dates and deadlines on the calendar for you so you'll get updates or reminders about them so that's really useful if you're forgetful like me and you forget there's an assignment coming up and then you can look at the calendar but, oh no I'm gonna be really busy then I'm gonna need to get more organized so yeah um Holly do you have any opinions about which digital tools you think will still be popular in the next decade or so like Obviously, with your focus on social media, that's going to explode in the next yeah. few years. But is there anything else that you think is going to become really popular in general or just among students in the future? Yeah, so I don't think any of the digital tools that we're currently using are going to be particularly popular in the future because I think at the rate at which technology is advancing, I think they're all going to be obsolete in about 10 years. If we look at, um, for instance, in 2007, 2008, that's barely... 14, 15 years ago, MySpace was the most popular social media platform of the time. It's not anymore and no one uses it anymore. I think I think none of, I think no one's going to be using Facebook in 20 years. I think a lot of the social media platforms we have now are going to be completely obsolete in the coming years. I think I think Microsoft Word might stay around and I think we're still going to be using email. Um, and I think the Adobe suite, as it currently exists, whichever updates and advancements they do with that, I think there will be a version of Photoshop that exists and a version of Premiere Pro that exists. But I think of the tools that we're currently using, I think a lot of them will be replaced by greater tools that are only in their concept stages now. I definitely agree with you about the Facebook thing. Like I know both of my younger sisters don't have Facebook, yeah. and and like a few years ago even it was the most important place to go on to look for like events or if something was happening and to this day I'd still look up a company or something on Facebook but a lot more of them are on Instagram now. Yeah I think I think Instagram will survive for another 10 years or so um before something comes around to replace it I think I think we'll have TikTok for a long time because TikTok's really only become popular since about 2018 and I think I think TikTok is probably going to become the most popular social media platform before it starts to die off. But I think, I think if we're looking at a scale of two decades, I think there's a there's a long time in there where technology has a chance to exponentially advance. So I think a lot of the tools that we're currently using are definitely not going to be around. But I think we've got a long time to go before before TikTok is is gone or Instagram is gone or any of the. I think even LinkedIn will stay around for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree. Like LinkedIn has become a bit more of a social media tool than like a recruiting tool over recent mm -hmm. years. Like a lot more people are using it to share personal stories, family stories. And even with Instagram for businesses, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Instagram deleted lots of people's accounts. And I think that just shows that businesses maybe can't rely on just having one platform because if your if Instagram has a bug and deletes your business page, then what are you going to do? Like you need to have backups. You need to be looking to newer platforms like TikTok and reaching out to a different audience. Like the Students Union and a lot of different Queens platforms now do have TikTok and can get really good engagement on it. Like 
recently there was a post on a queen's TikTok about uh, crocheting and knitting group. I don't know if anyone else seen yeah, this. Yeah, this and, was on my phone yeah. page actually on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one turned up and then they posted a TikTok about no one turning up. The next week they had 30, 40 people turning up. Like it just shows the the real power of TikTok for marketing. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And I think the most important thing with social media is always adaptability. It's 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 catching on to new trends that are coming up or if there's a new platform that seems to be growing, it's jumping onto it early and 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 gaining a following there. It definitely I think you're I think you're absolutely right, Kate. It's it's all about it's all about being spread across multiple platforms. And in the same sort of vein, I just like to ask Michael, like, if you were to go back in time, which tool would you learn? If we're thinking about tools which have been popular and now maybe aren't, what do you think you wish you would have gone back and learnt when it wasn't popular, but now is just so massively used and everywhere? I think Canva definitely is like one of the most useful skills I've learned. Um, I think it's really easy to like impress people just by using Canva templates. Like they'll think you're some sort of master, but it's actually so simple, but just you don't really realize how easy it is. And it can really like not only for like work in your personal life and stuff. And I use it all the time for uh, the Spanish society. And I think it's just a really easy way to like make information easy and accessible. And it can look really nice and impress people a lot just by using the templates um so I think that's a great thing and like a lot of people are catching on to that now but like if I knew that a few years ago people would have thought I was some like sort of graphic design genius because no one was really using those templates but they are so easy to use and so handy yeah no I've just noticed that um Canva has come way more into like mainstream use like in one of my assignments this year the professor specifically stated like on canva you can look for templates on microsoft word there are templates i never heard a professor or anyone suggestions before that they should be looking for canva for their assignments like i'd never even heard of it before i started training as an sdc so it just shows that it is important to keep up to date with the digital tools not even just for future employability or if it's part of your job but sometimes it can just put you ahead of others in an assignment or even be a necessity to get a good grade in an assignment and like my assignment it wasn't necessarily design focused like it was a politics assignment but it's just so important nowadays if people want to read anything like especially that's probably a knock-on effect from social media but if they want to read anything it'll have to be nicely presented like people do not want to read paragraphs and paragraphs of information anymore just don't have the attention span for it yeah that's absolutely right I think canva templates that are really colorful and like really professional they catch the eye so well and then whenever somebody sees the work as Michael said they think you were some sort of a professional who did the work and that looks absolutely amazing I found myself using canva since last year I used it a couple of times but always after my presentation people had like really good impression and they were this was really good did you do some photoshop in here but I was lazy to go into photoshop and do something myself which would take probably an hour or two but canva templates it was it was just a better choice I think and yeah I fully agree with it 
Yeah, exactly. Like even for personal use, things like doing your CV on Canva can really make a d- big difference to employers and make you look a lot more professional and stand out from like the Microsoft Office or Microsoft Word templates. And then as well, like you'd see a lot of people nowadays putting up like infographics on different like social justice topics or like informational topics on their Instagram story and stuff. And like you're seeing it a lot more now because probably, as you said, a knock on effect from social media, people don't really digest information unless it's easy to look at and pretty nearly. So I think it's definitely getting more and more popular as time goes on. Yeah, it just brings us back to that employability topic again. Like there's so many different tools and skills that we've learned or even just like personally that I've learned either during the training or during the work that I think will really help me in the workplace. Like even if you don't go into something that is specifically technology focused, like it's just such a part of everyday life now that employers sort of, it can either put you above the rest or it's just something that employers will expect you to know. Like nowadays it's completely expected that you're proficient in Word, Excel, PowerPoint for any job. I think in the future, it'll just be expected that you know how to make a good graphic, you know how to make um, something that could be used for a promotional video, an Instagram post, even if that's not necessarily your speciality in your work. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And that was our last question for today. And I'd just like to thank you very much, Holly and Michael, for an absolutely brilliant discussion And I'm sure our listeners found some new things for themselves that would come in handy, such as the calendar thing you just said, or Canva advice, which Michael gave, which I think is absolutely brilliant. And it's amazing how digital tools can change our lives. And today's discussion was super informative and useful. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. It was really good to talk to you. Uh, in the meantime, we ask our listeners to follow us at AHSS Digital Champs on Instagram or QUB Champs on Twitter and keep an eye out for any future podcast episodes or events. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify as well to keep up to date with any further episodes. Have a lovely day and see you soon.